Welcome to the Effects Loop. I'm Diaz. And I'm Jason. And we're keeping you in the loop of the guitar community. episode is brought to you by Stringjoy. Sound better, play better. Go check out Stringjoy. Go to stringjoy.com. you got some amazing sets of strings to pick from. Uh, they've got pre-made sets. You also make your own set. You can do whatever you want to do. My favorite, I, I like the nine and a halves. Those are, a, it's like the weird thing. It's like right in the middle, but it just finds, it's, it's just great. So Jason, and you use Stringjoy some, don't you? I do. They're what I get on most of my guitars nowadays. I just have a couple sets of, you know, other stuff to use up, but for the most part, uh, Scott and I have worked out some progressive tension sets for my stuff. Well, so and that's what I like. I guess we'll, uh, now be a cool time to introduce, introduce Jason. Jason is one of our, uh, longtime supporters of the show. He's in our, uh, chat room that we have for our Patreon supporters. And Jason's, you're an anomaly on these Facebook groups because you're like everywhere and it's so, yeah. it's so crazy and awesome at the same time. Like, uh, cause you also just play a very different style than most of us are, you know, accustomed to. So why don't you tell everyone a little bit about like the music you play and everything like that? Yeah, I play mostly in the, you know, heavier genres of music because that's the stuff I enjoy. And, uh, excuse me, I have a, crying the child that just came downstairs but she wants to sit with me i think well we can have another uh, guest on but yeah uh i play you know you know i like metal basically well and you've heard us I mention us, some other stuff we've referenced jason but. on the show because if it starts getting to the metal stuff we're like jason will know he'll know for sure so uh and then the best is too is whenever you come in the group and you get to correct us on some things later on it's always fun uh but you, yeah you're the, I, you're the guy i tag anytime, anytime i see a headless guitar i'm like tag jason was it strandberg yeah. is the brand right that's what i play but i you know i'm interested in the kiesel stuff too but i haven't gotten a chance to play one yet yeah of the headless at least i own one of their eight strings but it's a you know a regular variety guitar oh my They're, gosh uh, their sixes are really good too if you like uh Something that's uh, yeah, got like a more fenderish neck, but uh, yeah, good fit and finish for almost nothing in comparison to what you used to get them for. Eight strings, man. I can't even play six strings well. I can't imagine playing eight strings well. Dude, I'm terrible at eight string. I hardly ever pick it up, honestly. Really? I tap out at seven. He's like, I'm done. See, I th <laughs> I always just figured I'm gonna start playing bass because the less strings the less room for error but then i play bass and i'm like no nope, i'm not good at this either dude bass is hard because you've got bigger strings usually higher action and uh you know just bigger gaps between the strings at that well and the thing about so. bass is is bass is so you're setting the 
groove and you are making it happen on the kind of the low end. So to do all that, you've got to, you, you don't, there's not a whole lot of room for error if you're going to be a good bass player. Totally. There's uh, you know, and you gotta, you gotta find your pocket with the drummer. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, preferably it's a real drummer and not, you know, quantized drum machine stuff, but you know, nowadays you kind of take what you get and get. Yeah. I just, it's, uh, anytime I write music, I just do the, uh, I just use like, garage band drum machines that's that's where all the fun is dude some of their uh like their drummers that they have on there now are like surprisingly good for automated stuff i was really impressed last time i played around garage band i love garage band that's one of my favorite things yeah it makes me want to get a mac again i haven't had one in ages and Frankly, I've been out of the recording game for so long that I might as well start over. <laughs> yeah, see, I used GarageBand in the on my iPad Pro, and if I want to get it over and start tracking it pretty heavy, I'll just record. I'll just do line out of the iPad and to and just record line in really quick, and just do it like that. But I've also got a Mac Tower. Like, what is it? Is it the Mac Pro? The old towers. I think so. And. It's funny because it won't upgrade past, uh, I don't even know which one it is. It's like 10.7.5. So the only thing it's good for right now is the old version of GarageBand, and it's hilarious. <laughs> oh, well. I've spent hours trying to get it to, like, to find a patch, to crack it, to update it, and it's just not happening. Not with this one. It's probably that the hardware can't support it. No, this thing's actually pretty well. Um, I mean... It's got uh, 16 gigs of RAM, terabyte hard drive. Uh, it is 64-bit, so it's not like it's a visual, you know, a video processor error. I don't know what's going on with it. I think just at some point there's – I don't – Mac, I'm surprised people love Apple as much as they do because they literally brick their own stuff. They're just like, no. Uh -huh. I had uh, a friend of mine who had a MacBook like, uh, like <coughs> a little over a decade ago. He had a house fire. It was in the room with the fire. It probably got wet. It definitely had smoke all over it. And he thought it didn't work after uh, everything was all cleared up. Gave it to me. said I could use it for parts or whatever. I plugged it in at the shop after I cleaned it up a little bit to see if it worked. And it powered right up. It just needed a new plug. And that thing lasted me like another four years. <laughs> yeah. That's why people buy Macs. Yeah, that's true. Well, let's uh, let's see. We'll move on to some gear news. I think we found a couple cool things. So we talked about this in an, an, a previous episode was the Little Thunder, which was really cool. Um, it's a uh, pickup that has a lot going on it's actually got some computer stuff going on uh where it actually produces bass frequencies so kind of like the old uh is it the the oc3 boss or is it the oc2 that adds the bass line oh yeah um i don't remember i've never really gotten into the boss octave pedals so yeah they did one out of my realm I think it might be the OC3 where it actually will find the lowest note you're playing and bring it down an octave. This kind of does the same thing. 
but this is the V2 and they've actually done some cool things where they've uh, made it where you can either have them lower, you know, all the strings or it lowers the lowest note that it hears. It also is now able to be uh, changed via Bluetooth. So they're, they've got a Bluetooth app that you can actually do stuff with. Yeah, I'm curious what they're going to end up doing with that because I didn't really get a chance to read too much on that part of it. But the fact that like it'll do now it does the lowest three strings as an option, whereas I think the old one was only the lowest two strings. Is it lowest then, three? I'm going to make sure I yeah. read that right. Yeah. You can select between one, two, or three strings. Yeah. And then, you know, they're pulling out just the lowest note and then dropping that down. That sounds really cool if you're doing, like, you know, jazzy stuff. Well, even then, it's... Or, it, a songwriter. Yeah, it would be really cool for the people who just don't have a bass player. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, I mean, I think that's the whole goal of it. Yeah, because I know <laughs> the big thing that got my eye was Billy F. Gibbons was messing with it. And yeah, but he has a bass player. <laughs> well, yeah, but they do so much stuff. Like, I mean, there's okay. a, especially being the three piece. And I mean, yeah. you listen to the recordings and there's so much going on there. Um, Yeah, this looks, I don't know. I really want to mess with it. I mean, it's $300. Yeah, it's expensive. You need a guitar with a spare humbucker slot. and But you know, for the people it's going to do good for, I think it'll do wonderful for, because it's going to do exactly what they need. Yeah. They're going to be like, that's... And really, this is a Jack like White the price of a paddle or two. Yeah, this is like a Jack White thing. I want to see, they should have teamed up with Jack White on this. Have a White Stripes reunion? That might be cool. I'd be very excited if we got a White Stripes reunion. I'm sorry. That's one band that I did not get to see that I'm really upset about. And, you know, you know. They did good stuff. I enjoyed their stuff. And, you know, they're just, they are. They were so, I mean, they really, like, opened up the door for a lot of people, too. Like, look at the Black Keys. Granted, yep. they're different styles, but they really opened up that, you know, that whole genre of just, like, a drummer and a guitar player being able to make it work. Yeah, there's, like, I can think of what? Death from Above, uh, who else? There's a couple other bands I know that are like power duos or whatever you call them now. But I, they never had a chance before. What was There was a band that was just a bass player and a guitar player. And I forgot. Oh, I should know that. I, I actually listened to them on occasion. It's, they they yeah. had like that one, uh, that one song that was really popular. Man... I know, uh, I can tell you, like, the bass player plugs into a pod, goes out <clears> under <throat> the guitar amp and the bass amp, and... Is it Royal uh, Blood? I did a video of him a million years ago. Try I'm to gonna go look it up. I think it's Royal Blood. Yes, yes, that's it. Yeah, that they yeah, because he runs like two different amps and everything, and he, he the way he does stuff is just really cool. Um, oh, that's the best way to do it. Oh, they're gonna be in Nashville in May. I might have to go check Ooh, them out. Fun. All right, well, let's move on to the next thing. So, uh, 
we're going to talk a little bit Fender because Jason mentioned that he saw something Fender's doing now. And then I brought up something that made Jason slightly angry about Fender. <laughs> so, so, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Yesterday, Fender announced that they are doing, uh, well, yesterday is in for our yesterday. Yeah, but they announced that they're doing all Rosewood necks in the mod shop now. So if you want to buy a fancy colored guitar with a all rose with neck, you can do that in the mod shop. That's been a big thing that's really popped up is the all rosewood neck. Yeah, I'm wondering if they were just trying to get rid of rosewood stock here in the States because they couldn't get, you know, ship it out overseas anymore. Well, I know that really it hit really big when they announced the George Harrison signature. I just saw people going, oh my gosh, all rosewood, all rosewood. And it's a beautiful look. <coughs> it, it looks beautiful. I don't know how it plays, though. But I've never. I'm more of a maple. Yeah, I prefer maple. And for my boards, I prefer maple or ebony because I like that, you know, tight green pattern. Yeah. I'm I, not a big rosewood guy. Which is funny. Cause Even though I've got, guys. like, you know, three quarters of my guitars have rosewood boards, but that's just what's on the market. Yeah. I kind of noticed that as well. I think I'm at like maybe 60% rosewood, but yeah. And then also Fender put out a, uh, wonderful picture of the Fender custom shop Stratocaster one, which is some sort of like wanting to be a fancy, a Fender saline. What is this? The based on the Saline One Super Sports car, um, they made this guitar to match it, and yeah. it is ugly as sin. What did you it's say like that it was? Took, it's like they took the an Aristides with the body contours, and then threw like the carbon fiber middle part from like the Ernie Ball Majesty together, and it just it looks. I, I think it looks awful. Then is the fretboard carbon fiber as well? It looks like it is. Yeah, that would be different. It's it is kind of sharp on the edges. I don't know. I, I just would think they'd do something like Rich Light or something that's still all black and stable, but I could be wrong. No, it's carbon fiber. It. Uh, oh wait, let's see. The guitar also has a single humbucker in the middle under a clear plexiglass housing. Mimicking the mid-place engine on the car. So it's it's got one gets one pickup and it's in the middle. <laughs> um, okay. No, no, the pickup it's a it's a bridge humbucker. It just has like a weird roller bridge. Okay. Uh, other features include a quarter sawn roasted maple neck and a three ply carbon fiber fretboard and head cap. Yeah. The pickups. And bridge are fitted to the alder center core to help give the typical tone you'd expect from an electric guitar. Okay, so okay, I see there's a pickup down there. This it's just it's uh, a collector piece. It's not a player piece. Not at all. I'd love to see someone like play this. Imagine if like someone actually bought this to go play in a band. What would you even play on that? <laughs> Like, I, what musically would fit that? You know what? I can see Sammy Hagar playing this. Okay. I'll give you that. I can't drive 55. He brings this guitar out. I mean, he's the Red Rocker. Oh, it's, it's, 
totally fits. I'm going to have to call Sammy. Fast cars and fancy guitars and the color red. Yep, this is completely a Sammy Hagar guitar. All right. Well, if we see Sammy Hagar playing this on his next tour, we'll know that we are right. Does he tour anymore? Yeah. He still needs yeah. money. I'm, I'm surprised he hasn't hopped on the the We're Not Dead tour with Def Leppard, Motley Crue, and Poison, and all them. Eh, he doesn't really fit their vibe. He's a little more rock and roll and a little less you know, glam metal. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, he was in Van Hagar, but... Hey, there's nothing, then, nothing wrong with Van Hagar. Van Hagar was a rock band at that point. Yeah. I mean, they did a little bit of the, like light sounding stuff like what was it higher and getting towards that towards the tail end of his stay in the band they got really soft but when eddie found out what the synthesizer was and the piano and couldn't get away from it kidding he started off playing that stuff guitar was actually a second well i mean i'm talking about like (laughs) in the band jump I still don't like Jump. I think it's one of the worst songs ever. <laughs> I really hate that song. It's it, been overplayed, but it was a good song for what it was. No, it wasn't. Yeah, it's okay. You're also not a fan of Paul Gilbert, so I'm not not I'm I'm not not a fan of Paul Gilbert. I just don't like people who paint f holes on guitars. <laughs> that's my that's really my only beef with paul gilbert i mean so now he's, that he's moved on to the fireman it's okay well no some of those guitars all right how about this i don't like paul <laughs> gilbert's taste in guitars he like okay he like i mean all of his guitars are just ugly in my opinion i don't know and he's everywhere right now i think it's weird too I think it's just He's only everywhere right now because he just released a pedal with JHS. Well, in, and he was everywhere whenever he did the uh, what was the flanger with Ibanez? Didn't was it Ibanez he did the flanger with? Yeah, it. He had a flan. Was it a flanger? Or was it a phaser? Uh, it I think was it was a flanger. I think it was right. a flanger. Yeah. Yeah, because he doesn't use phaser very often, and then when he does, it's just like a phase ninety. I don't know. You know what? I think I have a problem with Mister Big. Oh, that's fine. Don't have a problem with Racer X, though, or I'll have to fight you. Yeah. I will come down to Tennessee just for that. I've never listened to Racer X, so... It's, um... Juan Alderete's in there, and uh, it's basically, like, an excuse for Paul Gilbert to rip off all the, you know, 80 Shredder guys while also making fun of the whole movement at the same time. Yeah. Like it's pretty fun. I just no, I don't know. I don't. It's so weird. Like I respect all the members of Mr. Big individually for the most part. Oh yeah, but they're like they're such a like I don't know what's the term I want to use. Well, it's like they intentionally became like a pop rock band to do that. Yeah, another person that I have an issue with, but it's a weird issue, is Billy Sheehan. And my issue with he Billy is a wonderful bass player, but he is a weird dude. Oh my gosh! I've have you watched the videos of him in Scientology? No. Oh, oh my, my goodness, dude! I went through a, a, a YouTube rabbit hole 
for probably about six hours one night. I didn't sleep. Just watching, <laughs> watching Scientology stuff strictly because I'm, when it comes to religion, I'm very curious about all religions. You know what I mean? Like I, I just find them all very interesting. I hold my own personal beliefs, but in general, I'll study any religion. <coughs> and I found out Billy Sheehan was a Scientologist and I just started watching interviews with him. And oh my oh, gosh. Goodness. Yeah. But he is a weird guy. And also he adds effects to bass that don't need to be there. Yes. Um, one of the big thing, one of the big ones is, so he's in the winery dogs with Richie Kotzen and uh, Mike mm-hmm. Portnoy. And they do a cover of fooled around and fell in love. And it's phenomenal except for Billy Sheehan's bass tone. <laughs> You just hear, oh, yes. you hear Richie Kotzen's just amazing voice, his smooth guitar playing. You hear Mike Portnoy doing some amazing background vocals and just some very, very, you know, right there in the pocket drumming. Then you just have Billy Sheehan over here playing this randomness with these weird, like some sort of filter effect. It sounded like it might've been a phaser and it's like, yeah. stop. No. <laughs> Oh man, he has some odd taste, and then he likes to throw a bass chorus on things that don't need it. It could have been chorus. I personally like if you're going to use chorus on bass, especially, you got to tone that down. Yeah, <laughs> very mild effect for bass, please. But I don't know. Some guys they just like to let's do the full stereo spread and make it as wobbly as possible, and it's like, oh goodness, please no. <laughs> so I was. Uh finding songs to add to my solo set. And I was just kind of listening to like, uh, some singer songwriter music on Amazon. I just got like a channel and wild world came on and my wife goes, who is this singing it? And I'm like, it's cat Stevens. Like it's the guy who (laughs) she's like, Oh, I've never heard this version. I'm like, this is like the version. She goes, no, no, no. She played the Mr. Big version. I just got even more mad. Another unnecessary (laughs) anger towards Mr. Big. I'm like the fact that my wife knew the Mr. Big version and didn't know Cat Stevens made me upset. I was more disappointed in her. It's okay. (laughs) She is, you know, she's not a musician. She's, she's not. Well, she, she kind of, she is, she plays piano and she loves music, but she's, she's not like in my world when it comes to like music. Uh, let's see. And then there was another thing we saw, uh, you actually saw it, uh, was, uh, the Ampero from, from, how do you pronounce it? I think they, it's supposed to be hot tone, but I always call it hot tone or hot tone. I call it hot one. There we go, hot one. It's the hot one. But this it's apparently been out for a little while, but uh, you know, hasn't had any marketing here in the states, at least. Yeah, that's a weird brand too. Just like I don't know, they always were kind of weird to me just because they they always do stuff that's uh, they do the small pedals. Yeah, and they're very. I small. had uh, like a. Uh, what did they call it? Like a crunch distortion or something like that. It was a little orange thing. It was actually a really good sounding pedal for being, you know, a tiny little angry Marshall in a box. Yeah. And being like the size of two fingers or something. 
yeah, it's uh, there. It's just I'm always afraid I'm gonna break it. I'm a big guy, and like I see those small pedals, and I'm like, this is gonna be interesting. Yeah, yeah it was sturdy. It was a good metal enclosure. But yeah. Well, yeah, so this thing looks to be like their would be helix. Yeah, I mean it looks. <laughs> I don't. I'm guessing by the size, it's probably gonna be smaller, but. It does look... Yeah, it's got four switches and a treadle. It's got drums in it. Oh, weird. I just see drum as one of the, like, as one of the settings. I don't know. I think that, um... There's so many modelers out now. My, my, my question is, I wonder what's going to come next. Like, where are they going to take it after this? Or is everyone just going to keep working on modeling? Yeah, I think they'll probably get to like i know fractal dipped their hands their uh, toes and like having like tweaking amps a long long time ago with their version one and i think it was even to the point where like you could like customize game stages and stuff like that mm -hmm. and i know um what's the other one there the bias they did that too with when they released the first bias software which got mixed reviews i had good luck with it but that was you know how many years ago now yeah it probably doesn't hold up to today's standards well it's got some possibilities one of the things i i want to see um so i think uh people can say what they want about profiling and what it does i'm waiting to see the ability to profile like dirt pedals that's what i want to I see know some people do that with their, you know, their campers. Well, they profile but the dirt it's pedal also with the amp in right, there. Right, right. I'm waiting. I want to see where you can actually just start inserting pedals in. I'm sure that's coming soon. If it's not like already in the works somewhere. I mean, if you think about it, you've got all these modeling these pedal modelers. All they'd have to, all you'd have to do is like listen. All the all the computer have to do is like listen to it. And pretty much from what I understand with Kemper is it listens to it and it matches it to a certain grouping and then adjusts the settings to match. And I feel like you could do that with a dirt pedal, no problem. What I'm waiting for is for it to want you to like mess with the EQ of the its profiling so you, you, it can replicate the EQ structure too. That would be cool. Yeah, I know the Kemper's got like a studio like or board like eq which is cool you can do a lot with that but it's not the same because certain amps it changes the game structure like i know like over on um what is practically taurus david was talking about how he's really interested in getting like a train wreck type uh amp because while he has them on his camper he wants to be able to adjust the settings because it really affects the whole amp yeah and I know, like, uh, there's lots of amps like that, that, you know, a high watt, your EQ on there is, it does a ton to how it breaks up and responds. Uh, now I'm thinking about a high watt again. <laughs> well, I've, I figured what we could do for a topic this week is, um, I think it was last week, I asked for topics, and you gave us a few, and we talked about some, but there was one we didn't talk about. And I wanted, and I figured it would be good for you to talk about it because I have no clue. But you, 
would probably be able to at least get the information out of me that you want. So what's your, <laughs> what's your favorite frequency to boost in your guitar sound and how about cut? Are you talking about like actual like number frequency? Yep. That was totally like a random question that, uh, oh my gosh. I knew you guys wouldn't actually get into unless Scott was on. I, yeah, like I'm, <laughs> I'm legit not that into the, uh, I, th- part of that kind of goes into the engineering side in my opinion, because it just seems like engineers and stuff like that, whenever you're doing more like recording and everything, that's where they start finding those frequencies. Um, yeah. And knowing those dude, my favorite frequency to boost is on the Kemper. There's the cut the mix block and I just turn that on. So whatever that does, <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> um, I don't know, but I'm guessing it's probably around like one to two K. Okay. Um, it, I mean, whatever, whatever's a good mid hump, that's where that's, I, that's where I like to boost. That's a good mid hump. That's, uh, it's about where a V30 pokes out. Okay. Um, and they scan a mix very nicely. Usually count yeah, there. I personally think they're a little overused right now, but there's a reason why, because they, they sit in that guitar frequency. Yeah. People love. Um, my favorite frequency to cut, I don't know. I like scooping the mids, man. Like every <laughs> every once in a while, anytime I like mess with like metal sounds, like I mean, I'll be sitting around messing around and I'll be like st- playing some of those old riffs I learned in high school, like some Metallica stuff. I love just scooping the mids out and getting that like extremely metal sound in my opinion. Uh like kind of think here. Like you're talking like Metallica scoopy? Yes. So probably around like 750, 500, somewhere in that range. Okay. You know, it, you know way I too much about this. The lower mid-range, it gets a little bit honky, but it, it keeps that bass intact to keep a little oomph to it. Okay. So what are your favorite? You're going to have to like tell me the numbers and then explain <laughs> like what it's doing. And I'll <laughs> Um, that same frequency that you like to cut out, mm-hmm. I actually went to, uh, an audiologist this past year. Apparently in my ears are, they have a little dip right around there, around that 500 Hertz area. So I like to bump that up, make it seem a little thicker. Okay. Like a nice, but it, it's weird because it, as a guitar sound, like, it doesn't lend itself to faster playing. You you want to play like mid tempo or lower. Okay. So it's really good for like just you know riffy stuff. Uh, I if I'm playing with a bassist, I want to cut anything under like a hundred hertz or so, maybe even a little higher, maybe one fifty. Let them have their room to do their thing. Yeah. If I'm not, I leave it intact because you know if you're playing at home, who cares. <laughs> Yeah, see, that's the hard part, especially when you're not playing out with people. And it's so funny because especially like uh, like church musicians in any of those groups are like, my tone sounds sweet at home, but then I get and like, I can't hear myself or it sounds muddy. And it's like, oh, dude, no. Because you're EQing for full frequency at home where when you're on stage, you want to find your pocket. Right. And I've, I've, I've kind of gotten a little having done enough live sound and a little bit of recording stuff and here and that 
like I've gotten used to hearing like the recorded sound or the live sound that you want to hear. So that's what I want to hear at home for the most part. Well, that's good because half the time, anytime I go play somewhere, I'm spending like a couple minutes EQing, which isn't horrible, oh, but I mean, you're going to have to spend at least a you know a minute or two to figure out, you know, what's going on with the room. Each room is different. If you're not EQing when you get to a new gig, you're having problems. Yeah, if you're if you're going like direct or something like that. I mean, you can leave it to the front of house engineer; they'll take care of it for you. But if you've got your own app with you, you you want to spend a moment to at least get it so you, you know your monitor sounds all right because that's what your amp is. Yeah, it's your personal monitor. <coughs> oh, man. Ooh, excuse me. Pardon me. We're recording. This is we're recording late. Every it's, it keeps getting later, but seeing as I'm I'm not working early anymore, it's making <laughs> I'm not having to be up at four a.m. every day. It's been nice. Oh yeah, that's me now. Instead of working overnights, I got bumped to uh, early mornings, so I have to be up at four thirty every day. It's been oh, really? super fun. Oh man, I actually kind of miss overnights. <laughs> well, you you messaged me. You're like, what about eight o'clock? And I was like, aren't you supposed to be at work? It's that's sad that my first thought was, oh, he must be off today or something because usually he's at work. No, I actually when I used to work at eleven, I'd have to be in at eleven and then work till seven thirty in the morning, get the kids to school, and then go I had any errands to run, do those, and then come home and go sleep. Yeah, that sounds like loads of fun. Yeah, but being home in the middle of the day alone, I got to crank up the dual wreck and not have to worry about it. Man, I've been so... We've been... Our kids have been out for flooding because it's just been raining constantly. So are they were out last Thursday and Friday for sickness and then out Monday and Tuesday this week for flooding. And they're like, it's jacking my whole week up. Because <laughs> like, I'm like, I'm wanting to rehearse and everything and... Because I'm doing this solo gig stuff. I'm like, I got to run through these songs. I got to practice. And my kids are there yelling, playing Overwatch. Oh, goodness. And I'm just like, shut up. It's the worst. It's really flat there, isn't it? No. No, it's mountain. No? Yeah, I'm You're right. Just in, you, the school's just in the, that right spot. The flooding is an issue. No, it's it's all over. It's more or less just because we're in a valley. We're like at the we're in the foothills of the Smoky Mountains. Okay. So it's not really so much a flat. It's the fact that there's a lot of spots that dip down and go low, that the water likes to sit in. Right. So it's been kind of crazy with that. Yeah, we don't really have that issue. We have a lot of hills in the area, but it's generally got good flow to get rid of stuff. We have got a lot of waterways, so that helps a lot too. Oh yeah. Well, um, I fear we'll kind of wrap it up. Uh, Jason, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, Chris was not feeling so hot this week, so we wanted to make sure we got an episode out, but one of the cool, I'm going to, I'm going to do something different. So last week we did a shout out to, uh, Will and him starting his new channel. Uh, what is it? Mediocre demos or mediocre guitar demos. Uh, yeah. Mediocre demos. So, Jason, you are a uh, purveyor of podcasts. Why don't you list off a few of your favorites for people to check out? Well, you know, there's obviously this one, but there are to listening to this. Um, I've been a big fan, obviously, of 60 Cycle Hum, Tone Mob, Chasing Tone. I think everybody 
that's listening to this probably listens to those, but probably some small ones to check out. If you you know actually want to hear a little more about the playing side of things, check out Practical Guitarist. If you want to hear a little more uh, off the beaten path topics, I'm really been a big fan of uh, Andrew and Emily over at Get Offset lately. Um, what else am I getting into? Not a gear podcast, but. Mr. Will LaHue is on Just Surprise Me, and those guys are always a hoot to listen to. Oh, I one of my favorite things is to be able to guest on their podcast. Yeah, I'm hoping to be able to hop on, and if not next session, the one after that, once I get a decent recording setup, because uh, Mr. O'Rourke wants some fancy pants thing going on, and I just, my computer won't do it right now. <laughs> Luckily, I was able to make this work out. <laughs> like, I still remembered how it was super easy to record someone calling in. That's <laughs> well, you know, you guys have uh, you know done the long distance thing for a while now, so that probably helps out. <laughs> oh yeah, from day one, man, it's been that was like the hardest thing was figuring out how we were gonna do it, and we've tried to make it easier, but we found out the just the simplest way of everyone recording their own stuff was always the easy way to do it and got the best audio quality. <laughs> but we've found ways with guests to make it happen. Oh, two more I forgot, and I feel bad because I just talked to, actually, I sold Paul a paddle today, Flipping Flippers, and obviously they're Tuesday buddies, the Tone Jerks. <laughs> I Tone Jerks is one I haven't been able to listen to yet. I need to check them out. <laughs> Brian and Kyle are funny. They language content so you know be aware of that if you have sensitivities to that but they they talk more about like band life and kyle's mxr obsession and brian's obsession with uh evertunes they don't really talk about that stuff all that much but it does come up pretty frequently but you know they talk about their band stuff they talk about life stuff you know they'll occasionally have a everybody's favorite uh selection of uh BMK, I guess we'll say. Or as the gear slum will call it, stash mash trash. Oh my god, okay. But they'll do topics like uh, pancakes, waffles, and French toast instead. <laughs> okay, alright. If that's the case, you gotta you gotta marry the waffles. You gotta... Oh. You gotta marry the waffles. That's where it's at. I'm sorry. I don't care... Because waffles en- encompasses Belgian waffles as well, which is a dessert. Yes. And then... I'm the guy who will go with French toast, because you can do French toast sweet, you can do French toast savory, you can make a sandwich with it. No. I say get rid of French you can do toast. It stuffed. No, you can get rid of French toast. That's too much work. See, I think the pancakes are too much work. Uh, I don't know. Okay, yeah. okay, maybe get rid of pancakes... <laughs> You're gonna what is it? What's what it is stash mash and what? Well, it, that's what the gear slum calls it: stash mash and trash. Okay. Yeah. You know. I like it better because it's it's a little bit more family friendly. Yeah, and I know you guys have uh, you know, Cody that sponsors occasionally. Oh, he doesn't care about that. <laughs> no, we just actually we just try to keep. The, sometimes we keep the language down. Every once in a while, we let it slip out. But I don't. I don't want to do a whole FMK. <laughs> so, yeah, we're just then we'll just be slinging that word around way too much. So probably us. Uh, so stash the waffles, mash the French toast, and what's the last thing? 
trash the uh, trash the pancakes. We'll get rid of the pancakes. Yeah. You, you made a good point. Well, you know, I do that sometimes. <laughs> I saw that reminds me. I saw a really cool video of uh, making a French toast sandwich, and uh, what they do is uh, they just put the they start with eggs, like you're making an omelet. Put the mm-hmm. bread in, put it on, you know, dip it in both sides, and let it cook, and let the egg cook like an omelet. Put bacon and cheese on it, and then you fold the sides in to get the eggs into the into the sandwich and then you fold the sandwich over and it's like one giant sandwich. I'll have to find it and send it to you. <laughs> um, There's an Indian street food. That's very similar to that. Where like they do the, they'll do the eggs and whatnot, pour it in the pan, put the bread down. Then they'll eventually flip it over and put the other stuff in there and fold everything up on the egg. And yeah, I'll, uh, if I can find the video, I'll post it in the group. <laughs> well, this, the entire group just becomes a French toast. A group (laughs) (laughs) overnight is is a French toast sandwich a hot dog? No, I'm just kidding. All right, so no, unless you put a hot dog in it. (laughs) I don't. I still don't consider it a hot dog at that point. Well, maybe. Okay, we're gonna we're not gonna go down that rabbit trail. So thanks for joining us, guys. Uh, You can always uh, support us. Go to our Patreon, patreoncom loop. Uh, I was just talking to Jason about that. We probably should start doing that at the beginning, but I always forget. Um, but also put it on your notes. You got notes. I know. That you look at sometimes. <laughs> I'm gonna put it in here right now. Make a part of the intro. Yeah, part of the intro. Oh, that uh, great, and that's not working. Well, we'll remember that for next time. But you can also join our group, Facebook.com/group/TheEffectsLoop. We get to have a lot of fun in there. Jason gets to go in there and correct us on a bunch of stuff. And then you can also uh, go to our Instagram at Bye, the Joy. Uh, I was gonna get there. <laughs> <laughs> Go, you can check us out on instagram at the effects loop and also email us at the effects loop at gmail.com if you would like and once again thank you to Stringjoy for sponsoring this episode sound better play better go check out their website stringjoy.com and let them know Buy that- one of their hats they're great i listen hold on their dad hats are phenomenal no i i got the ball cap i've got both of them I've, oh wait, the, I don't do the dad hat thing. No, no, no. The dad hat is like the baseball cap. Like the one that like actually has the bent bill and everything, not a flat bill. Mine started as a flat bill. I have rounded it, but I, I prefer the higher peak. Oh, see, I can't do that. I've already got a big head, so I need to keep it as low profile as possible. But their dad hat... See, and the dad hats fall off my head because dad hats just always fall off my head. Especially, like, we get a lot of wind here during springtime and stuff. No. And now, but, you know, I'm wearing winter hats because it's cold maybe we need to get a string joy beanie that's all if I'm it's saying. the fold over kind because it's cold here <laughs> yeah i know most of the country doesn't have that problem where are Plus you North you're up in the new york area aren't you yep yeah it is it got up to you know the 30s today but the past couple of days before that was like 8 10 15 <laughs> Yeah, that's way too cold. It's 50 here right now, and it's beautiful. I think, uh, was it Friday and Saturday, we got like three quarters of a foot of snow. My gosh. Good stuff. We got some snow. We got like maybe like four inches, but that was about it. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like an hour's drive to the Great Lakes. Like Lake Ontario is like an hour from here. So we get all that lake effect coming in. It's, yeah. 
Oh. Have you ever been to the Finger Lakes? Yeah, yeah uh, that's like 20 minutes from here. <laughs> okay, I don't know. I've never even... Funny story, I've obsessed over the Finger Lakes just because of Jim Carrey on The Office. <laughs> there was... It's actually a beautiful, beautiful area. Like, if you ever get a chance to come up here, it is like... Take the wife, ditch the kids with someone else, spend a couple days, spend a weekend. It's wonderful. Like, make I, sure it's like May to October, because October is like leave season. Everyone thinks it's super pretty. I'm just like, yeah, they're dead leaves. Okay, so but if, it, you know, the colors are nice. If I show up at your place randomly with some kids and drop them off, you'll know. You'll be like, you know what? I asked for this. <laughs> I deserve this. I shouldn't have told them just to get rid of the kids. <laughs> Uh, You'd probably want to leave them down there because traveling up here in the first place with them, you know, that's extra travel. That's very true. I can avoid that as much as possible. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, you guys have a good week, and we will see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Hate annihilated, every heart is one, love again So, don't buy